ready to throw in the towel? Have you ever felt like that? If so, then uh, you have good company. You will begin to understand exactly how Moses felt in the Old Testament reading what a scene I remember it like yesterday. Moses just whipped, whipped from leading these crybabies, this congregation filled with crybabies. And so he cried out, Lord, why are you letting this happen to me? Why are you doing this to me? I don't feel loved. The burden is just too great. Yeah, Moses was in meltdown mode. Not a pretty picture. Moses had a riot on his hands. Only days after leaving Mount Sinai, only days after receiving the Holy Ten Words, the Holy Ten Commandments, these people, the Israelites, they were just rescued, released, redeemed from the clutches of the Pharaoh. But they were an ungrateful and hateful bunch. The grumblings could be heard at the door of every single tent in the camp. The entire congregation filled with nothing but complaints. Oh, how we miss the menu in Egypt. The leeks, the cucumbers, the melons. Oh my. Oh, they were so, so good. Oh, and those fish fries. The absolute best fish fry. So fabulous. Here we get no meat. No meat out here in the desert. Only this flaky white stuff. This manna. Oh, the manna so boring, boring, boring. This manna, we don't stand to look at it any longer. We don't want to stomach any more of it. These complaints crushed Moses. Worked up Worn down, exhausted. Patience not run thin. No more patience. He was at the end of his rope. He hit a wall. He reached his breaking point. He started to sound like the crybaby Israelites himself. He called the ambulance. He complained to God. Come on, Lord. Just you know, toss them a piece of meat for crying out loud. So, so they stopped complaining. They stopped sounding like crybabies. And if God wasn't going to put meat on the menu, Moses wanted out. He pleaded with God, Lord, if you're, if you're not going to do anything, if you're not going to do a darn tootin' thing, then kill me. Take me out. I can't, I can't do this job, job. I'm not cut out for this job. This job is too much for me. I'm failing. I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. The Lord did not turn a deaf ear to M -M -M Moses' complaints. The Lord would pour me out, the Holy Spirit, pour me out to help, to strengthen, to encourage Moses. Oh, yes. The Lord relieved Moses of his exhaustion, his frustration, by pouring me out, by giving me in love to the 70 elders without hesitation, 
And then Moses, so glad, wanted me poured out on the entire congregation. Moses' prayer answered, no longer alone. The Lord surrounded Moses with, with 70 elders, totally and utterly and fully and completely equipped to do the leadership, leadership job with him. And I'm the one that uh, confidenced and credentialed these 70 men, these 70 elders. Oh yes, I, the Holy Spirit, poured out on the 70 elders to fill them with the wisdom, the insight, the discernment, the energy to come alongside M -M -M Moses and lead this congregation with him. <coughs> to validate and verify that these men really were raised up by God, well, they were able to prophesy for a bit. They opened their mouths and they declared the works and the wonders, the mighty deeds of God. But there were two that kept prophesying, Eldad and Medad. Now Joshua, he, he saw this as a bad thing. It raised a red flag for, for Joshua. I mean, Joshua, he saw these men as a threat to Moses and his leadership. A threat to Moses as the leader of the pack. And so Joshua did not keep silent. That was not his style. He was not one to sit on the sidelines. Joshua, he made known his complaint. Actually, he barked out orders. He commanded Moses to cancel, to silence, to shut up Eldad and Medad. But Moses refused. There was more going on than Joshua could see. Moses could see. Oh yes, he could see. See, Eldad and Medad, these are names that come from the same verb, to love. To love. Eldad literally means loved by God. And so Moses could look at Eldad and Medad and really all 70 elders as a sign and seal of God's love for him. A sign and seal of God's love for the entire congregation. Oh, these men, empowered by me, the Holy Spirit, to come alongside Moses and carry the load with him in love. To walk and work with him in love to help strengthen, encourage him in love. No surprise, Moses didn't want me to stop with the 70 elders. In reply, in response to Joshua, in his cry to cancel Eldad and Medad, Moses prayed, Oh, oh, would that all God's people be prophets. Oh, would that the Lord pour, pour out his Holy Spirit on the entire congregation. Oh, that every single heart in this parish be filled with the fire of God's love. The prayer of Moses answered. On this day, better than ever, the weight over what 
Moses had hoped for <laughs> became reality on the day of Pentecost. Actually, it's way better and bigger than Moses had ever hoped for, had ever imagined, had ever thought. On the day of Pentecost, I wasn't just poured out on 70 blokes, 70 guys. I wasn't just poured out on the Jews. I was poured out on the entire world, all flesh, both Jew and Gentile. Of course, all of this possible because of Jesus. He's the one that made this possible. It wasn't easy. Jesus lived the life of love in the flesh perfectly from womb to tomb into the throne room so that I could be poured out on all flesh. And now, and now, the life of love can be lived in the flesh by all flesh. Again, it wasn't easy for me to get poured out. To pour me out, Jesus, with my help, took on flesh and blood in the womb of Mommy Mary, the Virgin Mary. To pour me out, Jesus lived that perfect life of love in the flesh, believing and obeying the Father, breaking bread with the unmentionables, the untouchables, the unlovables, blessing the little kiddos, binding up the bruised and broken-hearted, being there for the sorrowing and the suffering, beating back the forces of darkness, the devil, and death itself. To pour me out, Jesus was condemned by a kangaroo court, canceled by the public, crowned with thorns, cursed, crucified on the cursed tree, crushed by the sin of the world, and killed. To pour me out, Jesus woke up from the dead, went down to hell, making the devil a laughingstock, by the way, and walked out of the grave in victory. To pour me out, Jesus uh, soared up and sat down at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. This perfect life of love lived in the flesh. It's done, accomplished, completed, finished. Time to pour me out, baby. And that is what Jesus did on the day of Pentecost. What a scene. Impossible to miss. Way bigger and better than Moses ever imagined. On that first day of Pentecost, the sights and the sounds gave way to Peter's sermon, through which I was poured out in love from above, filling 3,000 with this endless life of love. One hundred and twenty were gathered early in the morning that day in the temple to pray. It was a prayer meeting. Didn't last very long. The pyrotechnics came fast. Flames on top of all the heads of the disciples, all 120 of them, both men and women. It was quite the sight. This fire was no ordinary fire. This fire was the very fire 
that was at the burning bush with Moses. This was the fire that led the Israelites through their 40-year wilderness wanderings all the way to the promised land. This was the fire in the temple at the altar for burnt offerings. This was the fire that declared, God is here. God is here. God has arrived. That's what the day of Pentecost proclaimed. God is here. I, the Holy Spirit, that third person of the Trinity, God, that spirit dove from above, landing, landing swiftly, softly, <coughs> safely, on the airstrip of these men and women's hearts. The presence of God, not just with man, the presence of God in man. Just as it was for Papa Adam and Mama Eve, your first parents, in the Garden of Eden, here was Jesus, the new Adam, taking for himself his new bride, the new Eve, the church, taking her by the hand and saying, You're mine. You are mine. She did not take his breath away. He gave his breath away. Oh, he breathed out all right. And so, the wind... The breath of God, me. Jesus breathed me into the lungs of these men and women. Lungs that were no longer choking on the world's poison air. Lungs that didn't have that death rattle anymore. Lungs that were pumped full of this endless divine life. Lungs that, that exhaled the mighty works of God. The works and wonders of God. Prophesying, proclaiming the good news, the gospel, the good news. That the cross is the key that unlocks the Father's house. Opening the Father's house for every person, every tongue, every culture, every nation. Everyone. All belong all are welcome. All have a place in the Father's house. The day of Pentecost made this crystal clear by using language. See the 120. What came out of their mouth made it crystal clear that this day was for all people. Now everyone knew that uh, in the temple... Only Hebrew was permitted to pray to God, to sing to God, to proclaim God. And here, the 120, the disciples, the first disciples, they were letting loose the gospel of Jesus Christ, not in Hebrew, but in Aramaic and in Greek, the language on the streets, the everyday language. No surprise, the crowds in the temple thought uh, these guys and gals hit the bar early. They thought that these guys and gals were drunk as skunks. Because only a drunk person, 
Only a person who drank wine at 9 a.m. would violate this use Hebrew only in the temple rule, right? Wrong. This rule, null and void. The day of Pentecost opened a whole new chapter for humanity. The final chapter. And Peter got the inaugural sermon. Peter stood up, sober, <laughs> very sober, not a, not a drop of liquor in his bloodstream. And he delivered a sermon. A sermon in the language of the Gentiles, the language of the nations. A sermon that declared the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died, he rose, he ascended for every single person. A sermon that included a reference to Joel 2 and the promise of me flooding the entire world. A sermon that poured me out on the crowds and the temple. A sermon that worked faith in the hearts of the hearers. A sermon that moved 3,000 people that day to take the plunge and get baptized. A sermon that called and gathered men and women and children from 15 nations into Christ's church to live this endless life of love. A life of helping, strengthening, encouraging one another. More and more folks from more and more nations have been added to the church, have been included, have been gathered into the church to enjoy this endless life of love since then. Look around you. The day of Pentecost ain't over. The ingathering continues to this day. On this Pentecost Sunday, 2023, let the exhausted, let the frustrated, let the tired and tuckered out, let the worn down, worked up, pray. 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 Oh, oh, that the Lord would pour out his Holy Spirit on this congregation today, and I will fill you once again with myself. I will fill you once again with this endless life of love. What do you say? I do not fill you just once in your lifetime. I fill you over and over and over again. Good thing, because life is hard. So hard. Fear of gun violence, uncertainty, driving, anxiety, and worry, a family to raise, the daily nine-to-five grind, tough bosses, tough co-workers, tough employees, mental health struggles, dysfunction and brokenness, political upheaval, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, famine, mudslides, twisters, hurricanes, loneliness and depression, aging and all the limitations that come with that. How frustrating. 
sickness and suffering, doubts with God's promises, his presence, his power, death and dying. You may feel like Moses, just want to throw in the towel and cry out, Lord, why are you doing this to me? I do not feel loved at all. This burden is way too much for me. There is help, strength, encouragement for you. From me, the Holy Spirit, pray, pray, and be refreshed by me. Pray and be revived by me. Pray, be renewed by me. Pray and be restored by me. I want to be in you. Rivers of living water that flow, that freely flow with this endless life of love for this congregation, for this community, for this country, for this world. The wait is over. Let this be the day you pray. Come, Holy Ghost, God and Lord, with all your graces now outpoured on each believer's mind and heart, your fervent love to GLC impart.